of him. Give him a round of applause. This place filled up. Um, hi, I'm Seth. Uh, I am honored to be here. And um, I, I always wonder what to share when you come to a place like this, right? Because you've got this really eclectic mix of people. I mean, to be part of the house of prayer in love, you got to be a touch weird. I'm, let me give you context for, for, for my grid. You, you come and you minister to the Lord and you waste your time in his presence because the only thing that matters to you is to be with him. From an outside perspective, if you don't know him, that's really strange. And then you do things like you have a special coffee language. You buy interesting coffee pots and make weird coffee. (laughs) You walk around in your socks and don't care if your hair is off to one side. There's these things that happen in the culture when when you focus on just being with the Lord that becomes unique to, to the people who experience that. And it looks funny, but it creates a community, a place of safety, a place that encourages other people in the journey and a depth of God. And it generates a hunger, and that hunger changes people. You ever go to a buffet with a hungry person? If not, come with me sometime. Everything they eat looks really good, right? True story. Um, I'm a a former missionary, and I was in Haiti, and we were down there after the earthquake. And after the earthquake, uh, there's tons of folks coming in, and, and believe it or not, there was tons of Amish people who were coming down to serve the Haitians and rebuild stuff, and they will outwork you. I mean, straight up. It was like three houses to one. And I was put to shame, but I was on the same team, so we're good, right? <laughs> and, and, and so I'm, I'm leaving our compound one morning, and I look over, and there's these two Amish guys, and they're eating this like spaghetti hot dog sauce mixture. And the way they were eating it, I was like, whatever that is, I've got to have some. And my translator was like, bro, no. You don't. I was like, no, man, look at the way they're just destroying this thing. I, it looks so good. And they're just like, oh. And I'm just like, oh, I've got to get some of that. And so the next chance I got, I snuck out. I went over to the neighbor's house. I bought some of this hot dogs and spaghetti and ketchup and mayonnaise. And I thought, well, if they were eating it like that, I'm going to destroy this thing because it looks phenomenal. I'm starving and I can't eat another MRE. Just can't do it. My first bite, I wanted to throw up. I was like, this is not for me. Um, Because what they were doing, while it looked really good, I didn't have the context for what it was. They were just hungry. They didn't care what it tasted like. Um, And I I say that because I I, I go down this path because I want to share with you something. That scripture... um, (laughs) All right, if you have your Bibles, let's just go here. It's way more fun. Uh, Bible says it better than me. Um, if you, we're going to go to Corinthians chapter 13. And we know we're not at a wedding, so it's, it's okay to talk about it in church even when someone's not getting married. Um, 
there's this, starting in verse 4, it, it says this. It, it talks about love. It says, love suffers and is, suffers long and is kind, does not envy, does not parade itself, it's not puffed up, it doesn't behave rudely, it does not seek its own, it's not provoked, it thinks no evil, it does not rejoice in iniquity, it rejoices in the truth, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And you're like, how does that have anything to do with eating hot dogs and spaghetti? Well, if you look at verse 14, or chapter 14, which is the next one over, um, 14 verse 1, pursue love first. Pursue love. And um, sometimes it, when you go someplace that is awkward or feels unique and it's not your normal experience, like Amish folks eating hot dogs and spaghetti and mayonnaise and ketchup, um, you don't understand. Those guys were hungry because they were building houses for people who had lost everything. And they ate whatever they get their hands on because they were hungry and they wanted to keep going. And sometimes when we don't understand what's happening around us, it's hard to grasp why we would do something that's so weird or off or gross. And the reason that we become a family of God, the reason that we do this, have you met people? People are weird and they're gross and they don't, we don't understand them. I mean, you guys are like, I don't have that experience. You really don't know people. I'm just, I'm just going to be honest and, and love you because people are weird. They say things that you don't understand because their grid doesn't match yours. And they're gross. They have funny smells. They snore. They, they eat weird things. Yeah, they live on matcha and, and, and almond milk. It's not even real milk. Right? There's, there's things that are just strange. But when you get into a community of people who are pursuing something that's different, and when you, when you merge with that community and you experience the reason why, the differences and the things that are uncomfortable stop to matter as much. Because what matters is what's in front of you. And then almond milk versus you know whole milk from the organic cow that you you know, purchased from the market that you go to. That's the, what's the community markets? What are they called? The flea markets? No. Farmers. I'm like, I know it starts with an F. It's there somewhere. The farmer's markets where you buy all the organic stuff. Do you guys not have those in Columbus? We have them. Oh, I was like, you guys are like, look at me like, this guy is strange. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, it's true. I, I, I'm one of you. It's fine. Um, but I'm saying this, and what I'm saying is, is, that when we pursue love, the things that we're looking for, the things that we're hungry for, the things that God wants to do begin to show up. And it doesn't matter what package they come in. I mean, real talk, my wife does go to the farmer's market and brings home two these like mason jars full of raw milk. And she's like, enjoy. And I'm like, there's stuff on top. It's, it's thick. It's not milk. It's not from the store processed just for me. Um, right? It's, there's a difference. And, and here's where I want to go. One of the things I, I really appreciated uh, about this, this weekend is I haven't had to do a whole lot. As the senior pastor of my church, I've raised up an amazing family who came down here, right? 
And I got to be their cheerleader. I helped. You know, I, I did a little worship. I'd fill in. But I was constantly passing things off to give them experience. And they rose to the challenge and became what I hoped they would. I mean, we had full-on deliverance sessions. Like, exactly what you think that was happening. And the person was free. I didn't have to pray. I just checked. Everything good? Cool? Okay. We had prophetic ministry. People were getting words of knowledge and ministry time of the Holy Spirit and people getting their tongues. And and amazing things happened, not because we were pursuing this, this, this thing. We just wanted to pour out love. This is a weird thing in, 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 in our culture right now because we want to experience the dynamics and, and this, this awesome power of God and we skip over verse, or part one of, of verse one in Corinthians. Pursue love. We want to encounter his presence, absolutely. We want to know Jesus, absolutely. We want to do all this stuff, but his purpose for coming back to the earth was to reestablish the connection between God and man so that we could encounter love. And there's this weird concept of what love looks like outside of the church right now, that love is perverted, love is twisted, love doesn't actually mean love anymore. And so our job is to be the mirror of the Father, which is perfect love. It embraces the weird and says, you're okay if you like organic milk or you like Walmart milk. It doesn't matter. You're okay if you like matcha or coffee. You're okay if your ponytail's on one side or the other or you wear socks or shoes or both. You're okay as long as you're pursuing knowing the Father. And if you're not pursuing loving the Father, come walk with me and I'll help you get there. This is the job of the church, the collection of the body of Christ. It's not to build buildings, not to create programs. It's not to have the best kids ministry ever. It is to have people know him. And the only way that happens is when we, as the people of God, pursue love. And that means we have to be willing to embrace it. Because love can also mean I have to change. That's really tough. What's interesting about this whole thing for me is I've had to transition from player to coach. I love to play. Like I was built for the court. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I right, put me in coach, let's go. And now I'm coach, which means <clears throat> when they're out there having the amazing shots and doing all this fun stuff, I'm cheering them on. And when something goes wrong, they blame the coach. <laughs> it's, a, it's a totally different experience for me. And so I'm having to learn to love in a different way too. I'm having to learn how to father a little bit in this process. Because before, when you're doing something, you're just doing it. Come along, watch me be my friend, be my disciple, right? That's cool. Come be like me, come do what I do. That's cool. But there's this cool and interesting and often misunderstood scripture in the Bible that says, hey, you have lots of teachers, but you don't have any fathers. And I always wonder, God, 
um, why are fathers so important if we actually have good teachers? It's because teachers don't love their students. They instruct them. But fathers and mothers, they have a, a vested interest in watching what they deposit into those who they're around grow up to become something more powerful and to become something bigger than what they deposited. Right? And as a parent, I have six children. I love all of them equally, and they're all different, even though, you know, I, I brought an amazing one with me. <laughs> right? The truth is that it's, it's, it's hard because I may never see the return on my investment. And even if I do, they're not, you guys are going to look at Sydney and be like, wow, Sydney, your dad is so great. I mean, you might, because it's true. But um, the reality is that that investment, if it's in love and it's done in the right way because I'm pursuing the father, I'm going to celebrate her victory even though it was my work. Because it's also her work too, right? I, I guess, how much time? Okay. I, I guess where I'm going with all of this is if we're going to pursue love, it has to look like we're actually pursuing love. People have to look at you and know that there's love there. You can speak with tongues of angels. You can prophesy. You can have words of knowledge and wisdom. You can do miracles and signs and wonders. But if you don't have love, it means nothing. That's the part of the wedding speech that no one talks about. Is all the work that we do for the Lord. If it's not done in love, it's not done with the Lord, and it means nothing. And as a community of believers, if we want to change the world around us, it's going to look like love. It's going to feel like love, because love compels you to do the hard thing out of joy, because you want to do the hard thing, not because you have to do the hard thing, because God loves them. (sighs) It's because I love them too, because I know his heart. When I was a missionary, I, I, I spent four years traveling all over the United States, especially, but in you know, some of the other countries like Philippines and Haiti and Grenada. It's beautiful. Go to Grenada. Um, all these places. And my job was to go into churches and teach you how to share the gospel. Did you know most people in church don't even know what the gospel is? They know John 3.16. They can quote Acts 1.8. They know that Jesus wept, and they know that we're supposed to go and make disciples. But when you ask them what the gospel is, it's a blank look. Uh, To follow Jesus, right? No, that's not it. Sorry. So I spent four years working with churches. And finally, God was like, you're done. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this. So he sent me to the northwest Ohio from the Tampa area. That was really a stretch. I went from the beach and fishing and having a nice boat in a house by the water and loving my life and my kids were loving being on the boat, the boat in the beach with me. And then we went to a cornfield where there's no water. <laughs> I had no reason to bring my boat. I moved in with my mother-in-law for a year. For a year. <laughs> <sighs> Jesus. Because the Lord told me to go. 
That was it. That wasn't because we had to move to Ohio. God said go. And then he plopped me in this church that had 16 people in it and said, be their pastor. And I'm like, no. <laughs> we'll close this in six months and I'll go back to finding another job. It'll be great. Churches. <laughs> it was true. You were, Lincoln was there. He was like, man, this. I don't even know how the place is still open. I, I don't know how they pay their bills. I couldn't believe. And I was like, God, what do you want to do here? And he was like, Seth, I want to breathe life in this community, and I want to show them what love looks like. And I'm like, um, I don't know that we can do that with 16 people. And he was like, watch me. And it was hard work. I had people tell me I was doing a terrible job and, and tried to throw me out my first week. Because I told them we weren't going to do it the way they'd always done it in the past. And I said, if you want me to be here, you're going to do it my way. If you vote me in, I come with the chairs and the carpet, so I'm in charge. And they were like, well. And I called Randy and Nancy. I was like, hey, please come work with me. They didn't like that. And so we had to have a meeting. I had to tell them. And they were like, well, we hired you, not Randy and Nancy. And I was like, I know, you're welcome. <laughs> and so it became this, this conflict of me having to father a rebellious group of people. But it was love. Anna remembers. Jillian was there. They were like, we love you. <laughs> but the truth is, love is hard because it means that we have to commit to the vision of the Lord that's in front of us. Not for us, but for them. Love is selfless. Love means that we're going to do things that, that we don't want to do because somebody else needs us to be that answer that God wants to pour out of. It's not fun to leave my family in my amazing bed and come three hours south on a Friday night preach and, and do all that stuff and then Saturday all day and, and be old. It's, it's not fun. But it was glorious. Right? And then it became fun because you guys responded with amazing. It was, right? But you, you understand, it, it's, it's hard. And so I, I want to, I'm not doing a very good job of encouraging you, so I'm going to do that now. I'm going to start that process. In the process of yielding to what God's love looks like for you, you will see the very things that you hoped for. Every dream, every desire, every, every, every prayer that you said, God, I want my life to look like this. I want it to mean something comes when you begin to pursue love. When you are willing to say, God, I give you who I am and I want all of who you, because we have prayed that in the prayer room. God, we want all of you. We want more of you. I give you all of my life. I lay my life down before you pray scriptures over and over. I mean, let's, not, let's be real about this. We sing these songs. Lord, I give you my life. Right? We, we've seen, we've, if they're not lies, then in that pursuit of love and our turning over our life to him, we will see the very things that we pray for. 
We will see lives transformed around us and our life will transform as well. We will see miracles and signs and wonders, not because of the awesome power of God that we contain, because love is poured out and it was so intimate and beautiful that the thing that was wrong had no choice but to change because it encountered the love and then the power of God. I I have a hard time believing in every miracle that I've ever seen it didn't instigate with love. True story, I was in Texas and I was mad at God. It happens a lot when you serve him. I don't understand why I have to, oh, okay, right? That's kind of the conversations that we have. And I'm driving around. And I'm like, Lord, I'm supposed to be praying for somebody. Everybody else is gone. I'm, I, where do I go? And he's like, turn left. And I ended up in this apartment complex, and there's nobody there. It's middle of the day, and there's like, it's just nothing. And this guy drives up on a golf cart, and he's like, that's the guy. I have to chase him down. He's in a golf cart, and I'm fat. Doesn't, I mean, so I'm running after this guy. His name is Sergio. He gets out of the golf cart. I'm like, hey. He's like, what do you want? I'm like, I'm here to pray for you. And he stops and looks at me and he goes, why? I was like, because Jesus loves you. He's like, how can that be? He gets out of the golf cart. He's got this leg brace on. And again, I'm mad and fat and out of breath, right? I'm like, he wants to pray. Just let me just, Okay. And he's like, he's like, why would you come today? And I was like, because it's when the Lord sent me. I you don't know, live here. I had to find you. And he's like, well, tomorrow I'm going to lose my job because I have to have knee surgery. I don't know what I'm going to do with my family because I don't have insurance. I don't have any way to work. We're going to be in trouble. I'll probably lose my house and everything that we own. And I was like, that's pretty dramatic. I was like, can we pray that God would heal you? And he was like, God won't heal me. <laughs> Challenge accepted. <laughs> So I was like, listen, God loves you. He cares about your life. And so I pray for him. His eyes bug out. He takes off his knee brace, starts running around his golf cart. He's like, you don't understand. And I'm like, apparently not. He's like, I used to be a youth pastor. I left God because he didn't do anything that he said he was going to do. And here you show up three months later, and my knee gets healed because he answers all the prayers that I had before, and I didn't think he was listening to me. Gives his life back to Jesus. I was pursuing love. This is what life can look like if we're willing to pursue love and put our agenda aside. So I go back to where I started. I love that the prayer room is willing to waste their time in the presence of the Lord. Waste was sarcastic, by the way. That's the song, Move Your Heart. I want to waste my time on you, God. Yes, because when we do this, when love comes out of us in that kind of way, the world is changed. And the world needs to be changed. It does. So this morning, (coughs) excuse me, wow, I'm out of time, so I'll give it back to you. I just want to provoke you with this. I know this wasn't some magnificent, deep, apostolic word giving you your destiny. I own that. I argue with the Lord all morning. I was like, God, give me something that's more meaty, that makes you sound more intellectual and powerful, and that we can inspire the minds of those who sit and bask in the glory of your word for hours and hours and hours, who chew upon the language of the scriptures to have it written on the tablets of their heart. God, give me a word for them. <laughs> and he did. Pursue love. Pursue love and eagerly desire the spiritual gifts especially 
that you should prophesy. That's his word this morning. It's simple. But sometimes we forget the fundamentals. And this morning, I beg you, I beg you, pursue his love. Because when we're caught up in love, the things that he wants to do happen because we get out of the way and let them. Because our opinion is his opinion and our emotions are his emotions. Our energy is his energy because we're pursuing his heart for the people around us. Because God so loved the world that he sent his only son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And we are the reflection of that step. Amen? Thank you.